Long story short, the whole next day he didn't hunt. And then the two days after that, we just stuck him in a stand while we went and hiked around. I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about. He'd been waiting for that for years and his hunt was ruined because the first day, because he hadn't prepared whatsoever. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hoyt Bow Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ferris, here with Evan Williams. And uh, today, uh, our guest is Rich Froning. And for the for those of you who don't know who Rich is, just go find the guy with the blue check mark on Instagram um, with one and a half million followers, CrossFit Games champion. Uh, his 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 resume that I'm looking at here. Um, I don't want to take up half the podcast reading this. Okay, <laughs> um, appreciate. Rich it. is an accomplished. He he, he is a, an accomplished fitness expert guru crossfit games champion um and evan i'm probably going to, as the fat kid the old fat guy sitting in the corner over here i'm probably going to defer to you for some of this stuff however i am the guy who uh like many of you listening out there need this information and uh i'm going to try and draw some of that stuff uh out of rich and so anyway, Rich, hey, man, thanks for being here. Uh, it's a privilege to meet you. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your beginnings in, in fitness and who you are? And yep. then we're going to want to ask you a little bit about your, uh, your, your bow hunting, too, before we get into some of this stuff. Well, the one thing missing off that resume is a downed elk. So we're working on that. It's not a <laughs> lack of trying, that's for sure. He needs, uh, a, he needs a guy that can actually call for him. That, that I know, right? Him. Right? No, I mean, man, we just, I've, I've, it's not lack of trying, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, no, my fitness background is uh, I grew up in Cookville, Tennessee, um, played high school baseball, played, went to play a little bit of college baseball, uh, about two hours from home. I had a girlfriend back here and uh, you know, the rest is history on those types of things, but I came back here in Cookville and, um, luckily for me, they had this program where you worked as a full-time firefighter and, um, they paid your tuition. And when you had class, you went to class. So I did that for four years. And in that process, I was getting my degree in exercise science and the head strength and conditioning coach Chip Pugh at Tennessee tech at the time, uh, was like, Hey, you're obviously into fitness if this is your major. And then, uh, a lot of military police fire are doing CrossFit, you should check it out. And so, um, in 2009, I went and got my level one, which is kind of the first steps in being an instructor in CrossFit and really learning, uh, kind of the CrossFit methodology and, um, man, 2009 got my level one. And then later that year found out you could compete. And then in 2010, um, decided to try to compete and kind of with just the hopes of, of learning the first year or two and then maybe trying to go to the games um, in a couple of years. And then I ended up winning my sectional, I think. Yeah, it was sectional at the time. Um, won my regional at the time and then got second at the games. And so um, anybody who wants to see what happened at the games, just type in uh, Rich Froning Rope Climb Fail, and I'm sure it's on there. So <laughs> um, I was in first going into the final event, couldn't climb the rope. My dad um, – his uh, coaching abilities when I was a, a you know a teen or younger um, were not the best at rope climbing. He said, "Don't use your legs because that's for uh, sissies and that's the uh, safer podcast uh, term." And yeah. uh, he just <laughs> got to that event and couldn't couldn't close the deal. So um, 
got second that year and it really motivated me and, and kind of pushed me in a, a different way and um, helped me kind of prioritize things that were more important. And uh, I was able to compete at a different level once I kind of got my mindset on the right track. And, and uh, man, that's been, I mean, 12, 13 years ago. So going on 13 years of competing at a pretty high level. So if you hadn't started competing, if, you, mm-hmm. if there hadn't been that competition dynamic to CrossFit, what do you think you'd be like today? Like, oh, man. Uh, you know, was that, was, did the competitive, competitive bug take over at some, por- some point and, and push you way further beyond what you had ever done, you know, just for personal fitness? Yeah, my, uh, I'm, I'm one of 32 first cousins, 25 of us are boys, just on my mom's side. I've got a couple others on the other side. Um, and everything as a kid was a, a competition. You know, it, when I was a kid, I thought my, our parents, my aunts and uncles and everybody were trying to, um, you know, see who the greatest and fittest cousin was. And uh, I just now realized as a parent, they were just trying to tire us out. But everything was a race or a competition <laughs> and any of that. So everything turned into just a competition as a kid. And I think that just is who I am. You know, it's, it's in my nature. It's in my design. And, um, CrossFit was definitely something that, um, fed that, you know, I was, when I was at the fire department, I used to do those tough challenges where you'd, uh, compete and do the different, um, kind of obstacle type things with, uh, firefighting, um, movements, I guess. And so I really enjoyed that. It's very similar to CrossFit, honestly. And, um, you know, so I, I, I have to scratch that competition itch, uh, however that is. And I think that also is what, what draws me to hunting as well. Right. So how, how'd you get? Number one, how old are you right now? Uh, if you I am. Ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, 34 um, on okay. my external age. My internal age is probably about 55 uh, between <laughs> joint space and uh, available cartilage left. But uh, yeah, no, we're pretty good. 34. I'll be 35 in about a month. Ah, uh, well, I always tell people, you know, uh, I'll be 50 in September this year. Yeah. Like yep. big milestone. But my mental age is 22. Oh yeah. Mental age. I'm like 12, <laughs> but me and my son who was five get along really well. If that tells you anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did, uh, how'd you get started down the hunting path? When did you first, when did your interest in it first get sparked and how did it get sparked? Yeah, I got my, uh, hunter safety. I think when I was like 13, mm-hmm. my dad was, my dad's not a super patient man. Um, un- or a lot like myself. And so he just never really, I mean, he would go deer hunting quite a bit, uh, when I was a kid, but never, he didn't have the patience for me sitting with him and I wasn't going to sit still either. So, um, I don't blame him at all. I had a lot of uncles, um, and cousins that were really big in hunting, um, went hunting a couple of times growing up and not a ton. And then I guess it was around 2010, 2011, a good family friend of ours was like, I know you don't like deer hunting because you can't sit still, go turkey hunting with me. And right. man, I fell, fell in love with turkey hunting. And mm-hmm. so um, every spring, that's, you know, it's what I look forward to. And I have a ton of fun going out and, uh, and, and chasing, chasing gobblers. So um, right. that was kind of what sparked uh, my uh, initial interest. Mm-hmm. And then um, everybody that I've talked to that hunt, hunted elk were like, hey, elk's just a big turkey. And so um, I just can't sit still, you know, I can't, everybody tries to get me into whitetail hunting and Evan's tried a couple of times and he's like, we'll do it a different way. And I just, I can't, you know, I just, this is not something that, uh, appeals to me. I just don't, don't want to just sit still. And, um, it's just not who I am. He right. hasn't got to play with me yeah, and, well, and, it, and an know, ultimate predator decoy to yeah. really, I mean, when you're, when you're shooting, when you're harvesting animals, especially 
whitetail, mule deer, elk, and you're doing it in self-defense because you have a decoy and they're coming in <laughs> hard, it completely changes yep. the game. Well, yep, yep. You, you mentioned turkey hunting. And for mm-hmm. me, I, I always tell people my, my number one favorite thing to, to hunt is elk. And I, I, like nothing even comes close to it that I've ever had experience with thus far. Um, as far as adrenaline goes, I, I call elk the, the kings of, of uh, anticipation. They mm-hmm. build anticipation. Anything that tells you, here I come, here I come, here I come, before you can see it, yep. is capable of jacking you mentally. Mm-hmm. And a turkey does the exact same thing. Now, yep. mm-hmm. you can go out and hunt brown bears, and you're going to have plenty of adrenaline, <laughs> yeah, but there's a sure. difference between fear of being digested and turned yep. into bear shit mm-hmm. and <laughs> anticipation. Okay, so right, right. Like, I call elk the kings of anticipation. Well, you know, I, a lot of people have a hard time hunting from trees, especially Western guys, but kids that are growing up out there yeah. in the Midwest yeah. or in the East. And the primary tactic for hunting whitetails is get up in that tree stand yep. and be so perfectly sick. still for however long. Now, as a Western kid who didn't experience that growing up, when I started doing that, I was really intrigued by it. Right. Because it was so different. Then how I, you know, I grew, I never got in a tree as a kid. We right. were running around the mountains. So it was, it was so different from what I had experienced. It, I, it, it intrigued me and I still enjoy that to some point. However, like Evan's talking about that, you know, over the last 10 years or so, I have discovered the art of hunting whitetails from the ground mm-hmm. and doing it more interactively and using calls and using decoys and, you know, killing these things at under 20 yards from the ground, right. hardly any cover a lot of times and bringing them to me. And that changes the game, dude. So another podcast, another time, I need to be taught that. Hey, we just, we'll, we'll work on that with you because there's some ways to do it at home right there in Tennessee, where you're at with it will change the game. However, so for, you know, what we're talking about, today is you know fitness and how it can improve your hunting and you know in in our industry in our sport the number one guy who's most recognized for fitness is cameron i mean Mm -hmm. he's been doing it for a long time cameron's a buddy of ours we've had him on the podcast here he takes a lot of grief from a lot mm-hmm. of bow hunters because a lot of bow hunters say, man, he's over the top. You don't need, you know, you don't need to be able right, to run marathons. Right. You don't need to be able to do all this to, to hunt. Well, if your primary experience is going out into a tree stand, you know, on the back 40 and, you know, getting up there and holding still, is it necessary to be able to do that? No, probably not. You know, however, if you ever have intentions of coming out West and, elk hunting up around the continental divide or elk hunting anywhere. It's a completely different game, especially if you take that jump to backpack style hunting and Mm -hmm. having to pack that animal out of that area. And literally the, the level, the fitness level that's required goes from nine to 95.9. I mean, just it's, it's a huge disparity. And, so I think what we want to do, Evan, is kind of guide this toward the guy who is trying to get in better shape to be because there's yep. when you go on 
a Western hunt where you're working hard like that, the number one killer of motivation is fatigue. Yep. And I don't care if you go out there and you are the, you know, all year you've been thinking of this, you've been thinking of it and dreaming of it and, and all of these things. And the first day or two you get up there and, and you are so exhausted and your legs are so freaking burnt, your lower back, your shoulders from carrying a pack that you're not used to carrying mm. your hips are, are, are pack bruised from carrying weight and your motivation just gets robbed. It mm -hmm. totally gets robbed. And so what we want to talk about is how guys can get themselves into better shape and maintain it. And, and on top of that, I don't care if you are a guy in Tennessee that's jumping up into a tree stand and having to hold perfectly still. It does not. It, it, there's been plenty of times when I was hanging tree stands during the summer where I wish yeah. I was in better shape. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And number two, it's going to benefit you. Yep. It's, it's, it's not a detriment no, whatsoever. Fitness ever. is not a detriment. Yep. It's not a detriment. So let's start out with, with your recommendations. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you've, you've come out West and you've been chasing elk for a little while now. You haven't gotten it done, done yet, but yep. you, you know what people chances. are up against. We've had chances for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. To, to kind of piggyback off that I had my best friend in the world. Uh, he's, he's avid whitetail hunter, big time whitetail hunter has his whole life. We decided to go elk hunting three years ago in Montana. Uh, yeah. The whole time I'm like, "Hey, Matt, you gotta, you gotta get in shape. You gotta, do, I'll be fine." No, you gotta. He thought we were gonna hunt from horses, right? <laughs> but we get there, and uh, we went guided. And the guide's like, "Yeah, no, I hate horses. We're not gonna hunt from horses." And I saw Matt's face, just the, the life leave his face. Did, did you first, take horses to get in initially, and no, then not? Nope, nope, oh, so nope. no horses at all. No horses at all. And okay. my our guide was a, he's a good dude, Matt. Um, his name was also Matt, and uh, we were in Heron, Montana. And so um, the first day we kind of start out. We, I think he's trying to feel out, you know, what he doesn't know who I am, doesn't know who Matt is. So he's just kind of, you know, we're just meandering up this kind of elk trail or this trail up to this a good glassing spot. So we walk up there and. You know, it was about, we started at, you know, say six or seven and got, you know, nine, nine thirty. sit there, glass a little bit, nothing, see some stuff pretty far off. So he wants to go up higher. So we'll go up higher. About that time, you can start telling that Matt is, is hurting a little bit, but not bad. And then uh, we sit there, have some lunch, go up a little bit higher. And, and you can really tell, you know, we're walking, I'm right on his heels. We'd stop for probably 10 minutes. Matt would catch up. We'd walk for 10 minutes, wait five minutes. Matt would catch up, something like that. And uh, we finally get to about three quarters up this hill and uh, he looks at us and he's like, hey, Matt, I'm going to have you stay right here and just kind of look over this valley. He goes, something will come probably come through here, you know, at, at whatever time. He's like, we're going to go up over the top. So we go up over the top of this ridge and I don't even know how many thousand of feet we climbed, but it was a, it was a real climb and it was good. It was beautiful up there in Montana. And so about starting to get dark, he's like, all right, let's head down and get Matt. Well, we start walking down. It turns into us walking 20 minutes and us waiting 20 minutes, walking down 20 minutes, waiting 20 minutes. And so it, we did not get off this mountain till 1030 at night. Mm -hmm. We get back to the uh, lodge and Matt thought he had, I don't know if anybody's uh, familiar with rhabdomyolysis, but uh, he thought he had rhabdo. He was like, I, I can't see straight. I can't, my legs, I, I think I'm pissing blood. I need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, bro, you did not get rhabdo from that. But long story short, the whole next day he didn't hunt. And then the two days after that, we just stuck him in a stand 
while we went and hiked around. So that, I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about. He'd been waiting for that for years and his hunt was ruined because the first day, because he hadn't prepared whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing, honestly, is really is just get moving to start with, you know, like find, um, you know, a treadmill or find a good little trail you have. If you can get, you know, some hills in there, that's great. If not, but just start moving. A lot of guys, um, you know, think it has to be some, you know, super special specialized program, but, um, it's just consistency and, and continuing, you know, like for me, luckily my, my base going into elk hunting season is training for the CrossFit game. So, um, elk hunting tr- elk training is, uh, a little bit slower, a little bit grindier. It's like 10 days of active recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of guys get so caught up and, you know, oh, I got to I got to go, you know, my my uncle uh got ready uh elk hunting in I'm trying to think. I think it was Montana by climbing silos because he lives in the Midwest. He's got no hills. And so he would walk, you know, a mile up and down the road, climb the silo, walk a mile up the road. I mean, that's what it is. It's just grind. And, um, I mean, obviously if you're going to get, you know, super geeked into it, I think building up the calves, uh, building up your legs, your quads, and then really getting used to wearing a pack. Like you're saying, get you a ruck, um, or a backpack and throw 20 pounds in there. Start off with 10 pounds, start off with five pounds or empty bag just to start out, but it's just getting the repetitions um, building a base and starting out slow. You can't start out too fast because you get burnout. Um, you can't start out too hard or, you know, that's what we always see in any type of fitness is, you know, people think, Oh, and you know, the, my favorite line with CrossFit is, Oh, I've got to get in shape before I do CrossFit. And that's, that's kind of completely opposite of what we're trying to do in CrossFit. That's kind of the beauty of, of what we do is you can start any and everywhere. And it's, it's, um, you know, it can be scaled infinitely. Um, can you, for the, for the novices out there, when yep. it comes to CrossFit real quick, I had a question. So can you kind of break down what exactly CrossFit is? It, my understanding is it, it's, it's, um, uh, functional fitness, yep. uh, for doing functional everyday tasks that it, can, you, can you further break that down for people? Yep. Yeah. So basically what CrossFit did is take every single fitness or, uh, competition, any type of sport and put it all into one. So they took running, biking, rowing, swimming, um, any of those types of things, sprinting, you know, anything that you're just moving kind of your body weight mixed it with also other, you know, we call gymnastics, which are body weight movements, you know, air squats, pull-ups, push-ups, handstand push-ups, handstand walking, that type of stuff mixed it with weightlifting, the snatch and the clean and jerk and mix, mixed it with powerlifting. Um, so powerlifting is bench squat deadlift, and then also mixed it with strongman. So the, the idea of what we do is we train all year to go to the CrossFit games. So I'm, I'm talking about CrossFit games, I guess, athletes, not CrossFit per se, yeah. Co- competition, because there's right. two different kind of, um, I guess, what you'd say facets of CrossFit. You've got the CrossFit games, what people see on TV, and everybody thinks, oh, I can't do that. And the right. beauty of CrossFit is you can take what we do at the games, and you can do a version of that at your gym, at your home, if you have the equipment. And so, I mean, we have, with Mayhem, we have programs for people who don't have any equipment at their house all the way up to the CrossFit games athletes. And we have members at the gym that are, you know, we are a kid's class that's five years old and we have 75 year old man in there. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see just how all encompassing of fitness program that CrossFit is. And um, yeah. And so I think, you know, I, when people, if you're getting ready for elk hunting, 
you're technically doing CrossFit, you know, as much as people CrossFit right. gets a bad rap at times, but, um, you're doing a version of CrossFit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to lead us off in a different direction, but it was a curiosity that yeah, I, yeah, I no, wanted to hear what your, what your definition of that was. Yeah. There's Back a lot of to, misconceptions, I guess. A lot of people think, oh, well, CrossFit's this, you know, kind of elitist type, whatever. And it's really not, it's supposed to be, you know, general fitness for everybody. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, Back to what we, you were talking about, your basics of uh, of a guy trying to get prepared. And I've always uh, I've always thought that the most basic thing that somebody could do that is absolutely necessary is get weight on their back, is get yep. a backpack on, and try to find whatever incline you can. Yep. Um, whether that be a, a, a treadmill, a hill that you can drive to, yep. a stairmaster, whatever you can get. And if you absolutely can't get a hill. Start work. Start working lunges in with weight on a backpack. You walking lunges, and then you know squats. Uh, you can do squats. squats I, if you like can find that. a sled, a sled is an incredible tool. Um, you know, push it on concrete, push it on turf, push it on rubber, whatever it is. They, um, there's a company that makes this thing called a torque tank, and it's okay. got tires on it, and so you can push it wherever, and it, you can change the resistances, but. I think a sled is huge, uh, extremely beneficial. A bike is also very beneficial. If you can get on a bike and stand on the bike and kind of, you know, use your body weight, um, not really sit, or you can kind of sit and grind too. Um, but what I've noticed is my calves, um, my feet, my quads are usually the thing that gets the fired up, gets fired up the most. And so, um, anytime you can, and you can really, what's cool is you could mix those things. So you could walk a little bit um, jog, light jog a little bit with your, whatever ruck or bag, or whatever you have on your back and then hop on the bike with that bag or ruck. So where you still have that thing on and, and, you know, pedal for a little bit, or like you're saying, throw in some lunges, throw in some air squats. It doesn't have to be, um, like I said, this real, it doesn't have to be pretty to be effective. Something to try to burn your legs, yep. something to, to try and get those muscles to burn just a little bit and get your heart yep. rate up and get your breathing up. Uh, things like that. I'm, you know, I am the guy I'll kind of almost every year. Well, every year. Um, and I'm the guy who's very good about getting into shape before elk season. I go into elk season in pretty good shape. And then after elk season's over, <laughs> um, I go into hunting in the Midwest and that yep. is a different, it, it, I've always, I hate to say this. Some people are going to throw rocks at me, but like, whitetail hunting in particular mm-hmm. and even mule deer hunting when you're doing a ton of of glass and glass and glass and maybe going on one stock every mm-hmm. two days or something like that deer hunting can make you fat <laughs> and there there's that's no bs like especially no, no. when you go out and you sit in a cold tree stand all day long or a ground blind and you're bored and you're you're usually chilly and when you come back to, you know, camp or, or wherever you're staying, you feel fatigued. You mm-hmm. feel like you did exhausted. something. Yeah, you're exhausted. Your heart rate never got, you were mm-hmm. resting heart rate all day the long. The whole time. Yep. And, and you feel famished. Yeah. And usually <laughs> what you've done is you've gone to the, to the uh, convenience store or the grocery store and you've got all these quick, easy, nasty, terrible freaking snacks. So yep. you, I, I spend the entire month of November stuffing my face with crap that Ruining I all that be stuffing it you with. Just got. Yep. and and you know like i've been working hard every day when i haven't been working hard then when i come home to colorado 
I've got cold weather outside. I'm busy because I've been gone doing this stuff mm-hmm. and I inevitably fall out of it. And literally from, de- you know, December, January, February, and usually at the end of March is when I'm like, I've got to do something because my pants are too freaking tight. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yep. and then I start the whole process again in, you know, April about turkey season after turkey season's over. I really get back into, back into my it. routine and I need to, I think that, you know, this last year I live out pretty remotely, but we, mm-hmm. we, we, we joined a gym. Yeah. And, there you go. Um, for a long time, I had equipment at home. I was average at using it at best. Yep. And I feel like actually joining that gym uh, provides some motivation. Motivation. Yep. yep. You That's feel like you're need, wasting man. money yep. If, yep. You, if you don't go and do it. But, um, you know, I, I need to work on doing it year round. And mm-hmm. if I had a CrossFit gym that was closer to me, um, it, it, it sounds like pretty good options. I found you one. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a long ways over there, dude. Hey, hey, here's the deal though, and shameless plug by myself, but mayhemnation.com, we have all kinds of all you gotta do is get you a little bit of equipment, and we have a kind of a, a plethora of different things, uh, different mm-hmm. options of of fitness. We have a couch to 5k program. We have, like I said, that it's an M30 is what we call it. So it's 30 minutes, no just all body weight stuff. And it's a good start for a lot of people. And then if you get a good garage gym, then we have M60. And so it's 60 minutes and it's pretty limited equipment, nothing crazy. Um, and then obviously, like I said, you've got the, the competitor uh, kind of program that we all follow. But um, we've actually seen a ton of success with people doing just the uh, body weight stuff. There's a ton of stuff you can do with your body weight. Or um, what we do is we give people um, like and this is perfect for the elk stuff is, is uh, backpack options. Mm-hmm. So like you use your backpack for pulls or thrusters or whatever. And so you've, you've got this pack that you're wearing, you take it off, you do different things. And so there's a lot of benefit um, to those types of things for sure. Dude, what's the website again? Repeat it. Mayhemnation.com. I'm going to have to I'm gonna check have to it out. Check I'll send out. you a link after. Yeah. I think yeah. Evan, you follow some of our stuff, right? I, I check do. it at least every once in a while. I do. Yep. And it's, for me, it's one of those good incorporations where being a, a level one certified coach with CrossFit and coaching at my local gym, um, I can take what our daily programming is and be a part of our community and then use the mayhem stuff as my accessory work, whether that's like right now, my whole fitness focus is on engine building and capacity. So I do a lot of the aerobic capacity yes. um, and then I'll throw in a lot of the, the burger or strength here and there, depending on yep. like right now, what, what, my, what my tear is going to allow me to do movement wise too. So trying to work through injuries and, and all that, but it's, you know, like Rich was saying, it's all scalable. Um, you know, if you, a lot of the programs that you're going to look at would be, you know, this is the, you know, RX or this is what we're prescribing. And then if you can't do, a level movement then we can substitute b level and then c level and here's d that is safe and it's still going to give you the same stimulus so the same results where you look at you know pairing movements up together so what is your skill set what is your strength base and are we looking to push are we looking to pull what is that dynamic that we're after and, and what is the goal and the focus of this specific workout um, real quick, real quick question. It might be a l- little more advanced question for some people, but you were talking about working on your aerobic capacity, mm-hmm. Evan. And 
is is that this like i use a uh, a garmin phoenix watch uh track all my running yep. cardio cardio work and stuff like that other than strength training but um uh is that same as vo2 max no aerobic capacity is a fancy word for cardio basically okay. um i mean the idea is you would improve your vo2 max um but there's so much emphasis put on vo2 max when it's not really that important i don't think um you know you've got lactate threshold that you want to throw in there i mean you can throw in all these scientific terms here's right. a here's the deal is you want to feel better when so say you've got to climb up this hill and you have something going like there's an elk up over this hill you want to be able to calm that heart rate or get that heart rate down as fast as you can so so you make which uh, is you know ethical super shot. important huge. what you're it's talking huge. about right there yep. is you, until you've been out west and you mm -hmm. and you know what he's talking about it is extremely important it is yep. part of why all of these uh total archery challenge and these mountain shoots and things like that have gotten so popular is because it kind of simulates it and it's putting you through that physical stress. exhaustion, mm -hmm. that yep. stress. And, and you have to be able to train yourself to cut, to, to slow things down so that yep. you can function like you're talking about. Um, so it, the reason I asked about the, the, uh, yep. the VO2 VO2 max. max is because every time I see it on my watch, I get angry. <laughs> I get, I don't even want to say what mine is because it embarrasses me, but like, I'm like, how the F can it be that low? What do I need to do to improve that? And what does so, it really mean? Let me tell you, higher up the mountain. VO2 max <laughs> on your watch is extremely inaccurate. The only way you can really get a, a viable, good VO2 max is to wear one of those heart or like a breathing monitor hooked up to a, a, a metabolic cart. And you basically you've got to be, it's, it's giving you a good baseline and a good idea. Even the heart rate on a watch or on a wrist isn't really that reliable. The most reliable one as much as, as lame one. as it looks is, uh, you know, the man bra that everybody wears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, what I, we've started incorporating a lot of, um, into our training is, uh, zone two training. And so, um, different heart rate zones and you have to use calculators. Like if you Google zone two heart rate training. Um, but the idea is for me, it's around 145, 150 ish. Um, but you just hit that heart rate and try to just stay at that heart rate on whatever machine or whatever that is for 30 to 40 minutes. And it's supposed to bring up your aerobic threshold, um, to where that's kind of your baseline. So there would be, there's a ton of benefit, uh, to elk hunting, um, to, to using some, some zone two type training. Um, I mean, a lot of, for the most part, and this is what we did a lot of last year is long, slow kind of grinds. You know, it's not a, we did a ton of side healing. Evan can attest to my feet. I was, I was joking. Like my feet felt like, you know, when you get a, uh, a pizza and you go to pull the, the piece of pizza and all the cheese falls off. That's what the whole bottom of my feet felt like from, from side healing every day, we would do that. But really you need to be prepared for probably a 20 or 30 minute climb out, a hard climb out. Um, and last year I kind of came to that realization, like, uh, that last climb, Evan, how bad was that? It was 45 I, minutes, but I just remember looking up and I'm like, this is going to make some really good pictures. So I stopped mm -hmm. and let everybody get ahead of me so I could take the camera and try and get some pictures. And then they went up and over the top and I went, Oh no, <laughs> no, this is not good at all. Cause that I know climb how long, was bad. I know how long it took them. It was, I think we looked 
13 was it 1300 or 1400 i think so <laughs> and it was straight up yeah it wasn't even a quarter mile no yeah in in that kind of elevation and we just, and they we did. started rich rich and scott went up and over the top i got some decent cliff stuff and then we had another buddy from arkansas he was up behind him and he looked down at me at one point it was like gave me the thumbs up and i'm like oh yeah i'm good took some pictures and I looked where I was at in the direction they went. I was like, no, I'm going to go this way and, you know, get up with them. And that was an even worse decision. <laughs> I get back to the truck finally, and they're all sitting their packs off. They've got snacks and they're like, that was just a little sprint for us. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was hard. We, uh, we, we were, we're going after a bull and then he just kept going downhill and downhill. <sighs> and downhill and then we were just it wasn't going to happen so it was kind of a, a double defeating moment of hey we're not going to get to this bull and then also now we have to climb out this ridiculous nasty hill and, and I, you know something too. something that yeah. i want everybody to pay attention to here it, because if you've never if you've never done this and you're wondering what you're up against you're listening to rich from <laughs> okay crossfit champion and and he's not saying oh well it, it, it was it it was a little tough he's saying it was freaking hard yep, he was yep. he was he was dying on this okay yep and and evan evan too is is an accomplished crossfitter in very good shape and he was dying on this so it take Take, take mm-hmm. it from me. You Rich, need to prepare. If and, you are Rich, not- Rich knew I was dying so much that he's like, "Hey, why don't you walk in front and keep us keep our pace so we don't overwalk? We, we yeah. slow down. You you pace us." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you're so nice to me right now. Thank you very Thanks. much." <laughs> yeah. I, and and another thing is, if you're more prepared, fitness wise, you're more apt to go to places where you can get elk. You know, yes. we we went and we went hard and we went every day and we had some guys at camp that were like, you know what, I'm going to take it easy today. Cause I'm a little tired and you know, they, they hunted and I, you know, I have my suspicions of how much they hunted. Uh, but I know myself and Steven. And then when Evan got there later on in the week, well, there's no way we could have hunted any harder. Um, we just had a couple bad opportunities at some bulls that were not legal shooting bulls. And then um, we bumped one, we, had, we, we bumped two groups later on, but um, we were there, you know, it was, it was not optimal conditions, but we, uh, we made it work. And so um, we were more apt to go places though. We, we were going to get down there and get in the thick of it to try to get to them. It's funny you say that because I, I can honestly attribute probably three quarters of my elk hunting success over the years to being that guy who, when somebody says, yeah, there's elk up there, but I don't know how the hell you'd ever get one out. Mm-hmm. That's I'm going. where I was going. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. where I went. And, yep. uh, and you know, the, the dynamics have changed a little bit over the years because there seems to be more guys who realize that and who are going to those areas now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those elk sometimes are getting pushed down. And, and I have a feeling sometimes mm-hmm. we're walking, we're passing well, up elk as we're yep. going up to these yep. spots sometimes. Yep. Um, however, those spots do still exist. Mm-hmm. And right. in my experience as a public land, elk hunter most of mine have been earned that way right you know what i mean and it's getting yep. getting ready to turn 50 
Mm-hmm. It is getting harder and harder and harder for me to do that. And I really have to stay on top of my fitness and able to be it, it, to be able to do that anymore or even come right. close to doing it. We right. packed a bull out two years ago, Evan, that I told you about that Lane killed mm-hmm. that, that damn near killed me. You know, like packing that thing out because everything that Rich is talking about doing thus was far without elk. is without elk on your <laughs> yep, back. Yep, yep, I know. Okay? Well, and if, and if, we'd, if we'd have killed that bull in there, the only, oh. the only saving grace that we would have had on that is the fact that there was four of us yeah. and only one bull. Mm-hmm. So Rich was getting... <laughs> so yeah, pretty much everything and then yeah, the rest yeah. of us were going to you know pick up the scraps and do what we could to you know chase him on the way out there's there's a lot of times these hunts you know if somebody were to come to you afterwards and say man oh, scale of 110 how how hard difficult physically difficult was that hunt and i might say oh man nine yeah. well as soon as you kill a bull oh, it's yeah. an 11 yep it it puts you over the edge and you know i've there's only so much time that you can take when you've actually got one on the ground before you start getting spoilage and things like that. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to rest too long in between loads out and things like that. So you definitely got to be ready. One of the other things that I wanted to uh, touch on uh, and something that, that I've seen guys have problems with guys that I was guiding guys that just came out and, and were hunting with me, even if you live in the mountains in the Eastern part of the United States, like I just had a buddy out here the other day from West Virginia, highest point in West Virginia is 4,800 feet. Okay. Not the same. <laughs> I live in the foothills and he lives in the mountains of West Virginia. Right. You know, he considers right. himself a mountain man. Mm-hmm. Um, you come out here and I live in the foothills and I live at 7,300 feet. And, you know, uh, a few years back, I had a buddy from Pennsylvania that came out. He owned a pack company. We were doing some work on a, uh, some R and D on one of his packs while we were hunting. Uh, I told him the hike in is going to be something else. We're going to start out at about 9,000 feet and we're going to camp at about 11, five. And most of our hunting is going to be done between 11, five and 12. Yep. And when we literally on the way up, we kept having to tell him, dude, it, it's, it, it's just right up ahead. It's just right up ahead and just motivating him to keep going. And we let him lead so that he didn't feel like he had to try and keep up with us. You mm-hmm. know? And when we got up there all night long, he kept waking up to saying, oh, you know, Danny, I, I can't breathe. I feel like somebody's standing on my chest and it was elevation. Mm-hmm. It was elevation yep. sickness. Mm-hmm. And all I, you know, I told him, dude, it's middle of the night. You know, we, we can't do anything, but we can't get out of here right now. Um, all we can do is hydrate you and, and, uh, give you some electrolytes and, and maybe some ibuprofen, uh, and, and try to, uh, get you past this. And it took him two days of, he didn't do anything. He didn't leave camp for two days. And so there, I think that he came from like 1100 feet Mm -hmm. or something like that. How can, and I don't even know if it's possible, but how, other than getting there early and acclimating, how can somebody from a low elevation get ready for some, for high elevation? I think the more fitness you have, the the quicker you're going to acclimatize to it for sure. Um, I've never really had that problem. Um, I mean, I've competed a couple different times at 10,000. We did, we went to big sky um, and did an event there. And so I've, 
I just come to expect it. Um, the dry mouth, the, the bleeding lungs and that type of stuff. Uh, but I, really it's, you know, it's those first couple of days taking it easy. Um, you know, trying to ease into it for me, you know, I'll definitely feel the elevation in that shortness of breath a little bit. Things that are usually a little bit easier, aren't as easy. Um, heart rate feels like it's, you know, thumping for a little while, but I usually about two to three days in, I feel pretty good. Um, and so I think just having the general fitness and, you know, a good base is, is going to help with that a ton. Um, but like you're saying, the hydration is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, electrolytes are huge. It's not just water. Like you need some electrolytes, right. uh, probably not all the sugar of Gatorade or something like that, but definitely some electrolytes. And, you know, it's just kind of easy. If it feels really hard, then ease into it and, you know, don't go too crazy. Maybe use that first day or two uh, to kind of spot and, and, you know, look around and, and just scout a little bit versus actually going on a hard hunt. We usually hit the ground running, uh, just because like I said, um, we have the fitness base and most, the, one of the guys that I hunt with a lot, you know, we've, what's cool is we've got, I think last year, what do we have like 12 or 14 at camp Evan? Yeah. That sounds about right. Maybe, and, maybe even 16 at one point. And, and a lot of us, you know, kind of grouped up in groups of people that, wanted to hunt different styles. And so me and Steven, father, Steven, uh, Gadbury, uh, good friend of mine at Evans, we just, we hunt, we just go and we, you know, try to cover as much ground as we can and sit and listen a little bit and then cover some ground. And, um, and so we, like I said, we just kind of hit the ground running and don't really have a problem. He's, he's super fit and, um, is very well prepared for, and he was there a couple of days before as well. Yeah. Um, so, basically the best advice you could give somebody is to, to work on that work on hydration. Yep. Work on your lungs before you get out there. And if at all possible, try and get there a day or two early. If you can get there a day or two early and start halfway, you know, yep, exactly. Especially if you're hunting above 10,000 feet. Yep. Yep. We were right at 10,000. Wait. And what elevation do you live at? I live at about, I think it's about 16, 1700. So not, not a, not a big elevation. Right, right. So if if you're coming out and you're hunting above 10,000 feet, you're definitely going to feel it. Mm-hmm. So try and get out there as early as you possibly can. And then the hydration thing, staying mm-hmm. hydrated. Because um, it, it, it's a real problem. Um, yep. And that, that buddy from West Virginia just the other day, we went up to the top of Pikes Peak, which is at 14,000, okay. yeah. oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. at 14,000, I feel it big time right yeah that's know? different it's a different and, animal and yeah i live here you know at, at 7300 and i still feel it big time but the the crazy thing is especially if you're hunting it, it's different if you're hunting in parts of new mexico arizona even parts of southern utah um the elevations are different but if you're hunting colorado montana you're up there some of these mm-hmm. other places man you literally could be doing a lot of your hunting up there at 11 mm-hmm. 11 to 12 um, timberline stuff. Um, and it's, it's a different animal when you, when you are doing this. So kind of going back to that VO2 max and building your, your cardio capacity. Um, let's say a guy only has so much time in a day. Mm -hmm. I, I can find an hour and I can either do an hour all at once, or I can split that up and do two 30 minute sessions. Yep. Would you, would you see a greater benefit in someone again, who's starting out or has a very low baseline of doing 
two shorter 30 minute cardio type sessions like one's maybe a ruck or light backpack hike and another one is maybe more intensity gym, gym focused yep. and it's like the hit the, the functional fitness crossfit yep. hidden uh interval training stuff like that absolutely versus cramming it all into one yeah i think you especially somebody who doesn't have a base um an hour is is one it's daunting uh for people who don't start for me an hour is is tough to get what i'm trying to do in in an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> um or guys like us and then I think 30 minutes is uh, definitely a manageable. What's nice is you could literally, if you had 30 minutes, you could throw that ruck on and just start walking. If you wanted to um, walk for a minute, light jog for a minute, walk for a minute for 30 minutes, that would be a great start in the morning. And then like you're saying in the afternoon, uh, maybe hit, get something to kind of get the heart rate up for 10 or 12 minutes. And then like, like you're saying a 12 or 15 minute, what we would call a Metcon um, higher intensity or some intervals in that 30 minutes uh, would be huge and very beneficial. I think, um, like we said, just because you can get the intensity piece, I think over an hour, you would lose a lot of that quality, mm-hmm. um, just now starting out. And so, um, yeah, I think you could, you could get a pretty good amount of fitness in, in two 30 minute sessions, which I think would be more beneficial than, um, a one hour session. Yep. Okay. Now, once you get your base, um, just the, just baseline. You start yep. getting a little bit better shape. Yep. You think you're better off getting into that heart rate zone that you were talking about earlier and extending your workout and getting out there to, to 40 minutes and yeah, staying I think, in that heart rate yeah, zone I th- I think rather be than a, the intensity, you know, early or shorter, intense workout. I think it's, it's uh, you, yes, both best of both worlds. Honestly, you do maybe two to three days a week of that kind of long, slow grind um, VO two or eight or zone two type stuff. And then three, you know, if, if you're working out, let's say five days a week, if you did, um, one week, you do three days of that long kind of slow zone two, and then two days a week, you did high in, high intensity interval training, functional fitness, whatever you say, then me- maybe the next week you flip flop, you do two day, two days of the long, slow grind and three days of the high intensity. And you just keep flip flopping like that. I think that would be huge, very, very beneficial um, to, to anybody starting out. Yep. And I having hunted with you and then coming out in February to work out with you and the team, like those, those 10 minute sessions, short break, 10 minute sessions, short break. Like it ends up being that longer, you know, 30, 40 minute workout. And it yep. literally the grind and the mentality is so relatable to what you are doing in most hunting scenarios where I can take, 50 steps. I'm going to rest for 20 seconds. I'm going to take 50 more steps, you know, and it's what we call a little chipper. Like you're just chipping away at whatever that goal or whatever that destination is. And as long as you keep those feet moving, or as long as you keep the barbell or your dumbbell or whatever that implement is moving and gaining reps, like you are constantly grinding and going in the right direction. Yep. Always moving, always moving forward. And if you have to, like you said, it, if you do those interval sessions, I mean, there's been times on the mountain that you, <clears throat> I've done intervals. Like I'll either look at my watch and be like, all right, I'm going to walk for two minutes because we're grinding up this hill. I'm going to rest for 30 seconds. I'm going to walk for two minutes, rest for 30 seconds because you will get farther that way than just kind of slowly meandering up the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 90, when I'm mountain hunting um, in steep terrain, the whole day's an interval. 
Yeah, it really is. It's, yeah. it's intervals all day long. And it'll you know, grind yeah. on you. And and what you were talking about, you know, I think having the fitness base, if you're on, say, a week-long hunt, days one through three are easy. And then day four, you're, you know, like, man, is anything going to happen? The emotional toll um, that elk hunting takes on you, um, if you're not, you know, seeing something every day or not in them every day, you can't really put into words. And so I feel like the fitness that we have does also help with that. You know, the suffering in that mm -hmm. fitness and the suffering of getting better. Um, it, it just kind of motivates you a little bit or, or it gives you something to kind of, um, you know, we have with, with the farm here, we have a bison farm and are into the storm kind of mentality of like, Hey, good things happen when it's hard. It's never, you know, like granted, it would be fun to maybe go on the first day and kill an elk, but let's be honest, like the better story is that, you know, last day hunt, you had to go in, get out, you know, like a hard hunt. Um, you're, you're, there's more reward for that where when something's given to you or something's easy, it's not as much fun for me personally. You know, some people may differ, but I could, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I killed a bull. Well, I, I called the bull in for a buddy on the first day, two years ago. It's pretty good then, huh? And and it kind of hurt worse. <laughs> really? So it, it was yeah, well, between right. between between the two of us. It was like I think it was nine and a half miles on that pack out, and we got done. We're like, I'm about good with this one. I'm good. Yeah, but you had to work for it. I mean, <laughs> like like we did. Said, it was oh, a nine absolutely. mile pack, and you know, I I killed a turkey this spring that I had to low crawl about 200 yards, and it was way more fun than the turkey that I, you know, walked out, heard him gobble off the roost and shot him off the roost as soon as he landed, you know, like mm -hmm. there's just something, you know, more, more to it than that. The, 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 there's no doubt the man, I can't remember the quote right now. Um, but, uh, it, it, the harder you have to work to, uh, to, to achieve that success, the more impactful that success yep. is on you. Yep. Period. For, for sure. Um, now, and from Pope and Young, they had a they have a quote that goes. I've I've written it before, but I can't remember it right off the top of my head. So, where are you? Are you going elk hunting this year? Absolutely. Yeah, we're trying to figure out where we're going. Um, I need a, a change of pace from Unit Fifty Three and Sixty Three in Colorado. Just like I said, we've had chances two years ago. Um, we we stocked up on or just walked up on a, uh, a bedded bull about 57 and a half yards. If I close my eyes, I can still see it. And I let my buddy take the shot and he took too long and spooked about 10 of them. And then last year we had a little raghorn and a spike bull within 20 yards and couldn't do anything. And then when we were, we were, uh, hiking or we were, we were elk trailing, um, midday and we, we winded some and there was probably 10 or 12 of those. And then, the last day with Evan, we had a chance at one as well and uh, just couldn't couldn't close the deal. So uh, I love it. And it's it's been a blast and I'll, I'll for sure be out there. I There's just something to being out in the mountains, no cell phone service um, with your boys and and, uh, you know, Mother Nature. It's oh, it's yeah. you can't replace it. Yep. Well, hopefully we're having him back on this next uh i know right let's do with, know, with like, the kill on like it huh october mm -hmm. harvest, november talking, harvest politically correct <laughs> talking about getting it done and yep and i honest to god i i hate to say this for you rich but i hope you have one where you've got to where you got to pack that sucker up. I'm, i don't care <laughs> i will work i really it. do at, because at i want with the 
I want to I want to hear Rich Froning say, oh, man, it 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 was awful. Down. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm ready for it, man. We we've we've, the heartbreak of it. You know, shoot. What did we figure up? I think it was night night. I've hunted 19 days with nothing. So it's all been public land and uh, and it's, uh, you know, over the counter type stuff. Like I said, we went that first year um, with a guide and learned a ton. Um, but we, and we went rifle hunting and he, he kind of, he taught us a ton and taught me a bunch. And, um, but he, it was so hot that year that he said, we basically rifle hunted like you would bow hunt. And we just, just never had a chance. We never saw anything. Um, it was a rough year. So, um, I'm, but I'm, I'm in for it. I love it. It's, uh, something I look forward to every year for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope you get it done and I hope we, uh, have a really cool story to talk about. Uh, the next time that we have you on and sounds good, man, I appreciate it. Evan, you got anything in closing? Nope. Enjoy your journey. Cut. Yeah. Enjoy think- the journey. Like start, yep. start somewhere. Like Rich said, um, sure. even, even if that's just, you know, walking out your mailbox and back, if you've got a longer driveway, just, you know, get up, consistency. Start moving. Yep. It's just consistency. You know, one day turns into two, turns into three and just keep, keep grinding. Yep. And don't quit in December. Nope, don't do it. Yeah. Keep it up. Nope. Keep it up. Lazy hey, girl. Check those M30 workouts with no uh, body weight or with all body weight stuff for elk camp or uh, at whitetail camp. There you go. That'll keep yeah. you keep you good. 30 minutes. Yep. That's all you got to do. That's exactly right. Um, well, man, we appreciate it. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, go check Rich out on uh, on Instagram. Um, Rich Froning, F-R-O-N-I-N-G. And yep. he's blue check mark. Easy to find. Blue check mark. That's me. It's real. That's him. It's really me. It's real. (laughs) Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Thanks, man.